welcome back to another episode of Hollin' Ass with Fiberglass. Whether it's high-performance boating, bass fishing, or just living lake life in the Northeast, Hollin' Ass with Fiberglass keeps you afloat with topics geared to life on the water. Hey, this is Steve, your host of Hollin' Ass with Fiberglass, and I'm here with none other than Jen Drofsky and Jeff Labita from Seven Lakes Marine in San Bonneville, New Hampshire, and we're going to talk today about what to look for when buying a used boat. So, what can you tell me about your experience selling used boats, Jen? Oh, well... Come um, on, get some street cred. <laughs> we do sell consignment boats here, so we do see a lot of used boats come in, and we do have a lot of service customers that have just bought a used boat, a little older one that they've dropped off for us to go through and take a peek at. And we have seen, woof, well, we've seen all kinds, that's for sure. <laughs> How many years experience? How many years have you been doing this? So we've been in business since 2016, so we've been selling used boats since so then. So one plus one divided by three times. Six years. Six. Oh, wow. No, seven wait. years. No, seven years. Seven. Seven years. Part of the numbers guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> seven years. Well, maybe you should chime in. So what about, so what's your experience? So we get very varied boats coming through here for sure. Uh, stuff that you can tell is somebody's baby to something they found out behind the shed that they're that trying somebody to somebody else's baby threw yeah. away. Yeah. And someone yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you get a boat that is a really good deal or you have a friend that gives you one or a family member, chances are they don't like you very much uh, and it's going to be a very expensive problem of yours. How's that? Hey, buddy, buddy. Yeah. Have I got a boat for you? It's been sitting out, out behind my garage for the past three, four years. Yeah, no one's been It ran when I put it away. Yeah, that is like the famous line. Oh. I ran when I put it away. Or sure the motor probably. still runs, right? Yeah. yeah. The motor still runs. The motor runs, runs great. Yeah. Uh -huh. But it was leaking. <laughs> so you guys have been doing this for a while. Yes, and, yeah. yes, and, and we've seriously seen everything. Uh, so, you know, you probably only just need one summer doing this to see it all for the most part, but... Yeah, nah. between taking them in for service and actually selling them, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, typically the process is you'll take a boat in. If someone wants to sell it, you'd, you'd give them the whole spiel. You take a boat in, you put it through a full evaluation. Yeah, so we do the same eval on a boat that we're taking in for sale that we would on a boat that we're actually taking in for service. So we do all okay. the basic stuff from a basic compression test to making sure the tires on the trailer are good to kind yeah, of cut around. Yeah, Yeah, so we do the whole thing, and then obviously we'll run the boat and make sure there's no running issues as well. So the same yeah. type of thing we do when we take a boat in for service. Yeah, so essentially if you're selling any boats here, you pretty much run them through the whole service department you know, checklist and determine that, yeah, this boat is ready to go cruising, fishing, skiing, etc. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So um, they, they can be, it's almost, it's, cert, it's certified. It's pretty much loosely certified. We don't certify any boats, especially the ones that we don't know and we've had dropped off the streets, but we do make sure that our technicians go through them and that yeah. we can at least bless them and put our name behind them. Sure. We don't, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow because an engine is an engine, but at least you can say like, hey, today's got good compression. The lights work. The trailer's good. You know, just don't run over a nail and blow the tire. You yeah. Know? So you guys have some experience, but in, in general we want to talk about what to look for when buying a used boat so I guess let's start with the structure of a boat. I'm, 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 I, I see a boat it's on a trailer I like it what am I looking for as far as structure on, on like outside so of the boat? you should go around the outside of the hull and look for nicks scrapes bumps holes obviously all right uh, and if you see anything um, 
you know, a, a hole through the bottom of the boat is obviously a big deal. If you, if you have a little nick or chip, chip in the junk, so running out of it. Yeah, sure. you know, I mean, you know, that's how they get it out for the winter. So uh, <laughs> don't you know, walk your bunghole. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know, from from there, walk around to the back side of the boat, which you call like the business end. Check out the transom if it's an outboard. Hey, mm-hmm. nice, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually want to grab onto that outboard and shake it back and forth and see if you see any kind of play in the motor itself. You want to see if you see any kind of play in the transom. Look for a stress cracks in the corners of the transom mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. around the uh, around the bolt holes where the engine mounts to it look for any indentations or cracks stress cracks around there that's just extremely important what's that an indication of if you see like uh, the bolts are getting sucked into sure. the back side of the- most likely needs a transom uh, you know something probably wasn't sealed correctly either from the factory or previous install of the motor yeah uh, you know, so that's a, it's not a cheap job to do a transom by any stretch of the imagination. And it's outside the comfort zone of the average backyard mechanic, I would say, cause you definitely sure. need to have some fiberglass knowledge to do that. Yeah. So. We have a great episode. Yeah. Uh, I think it's episode two of the podcast. What's in your transom? Yeah. So it's all, all about transoms and, and yeah. how important they are. Yeah. So am I looking at, am I going so far as to looking for scratches and chips in the gel coat that go down to like fiberglass layers Correct. or so, a couple blemishes okay, yeah. bu- buoy wear so, and stuff like know, that? I mean, just about any used boat is going to have some kind of blemish, a little scratch, you know, someone hit a dock, hit another boat, yeah. loading on the trailer. But if you see the strands of fiberglass, so if, if you're through like the colored part of the boat through the gel coat and you see strands of fiberglass sticking out, that's a concern, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, what can happen is you can get water in there, the fiberglass can start to delaminate, and then you have a real structural issue from, from there. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you, you have the um, the solid layers of fiberglass on the inside, and then you know any coring or other layers of fiberglass, and then of course the gel coat. So if they start to separate right. now, you know you've got like a couple two yeah. separating layers, and with air in between them, and now loses its structural integrity. Sure. Yep. And then yeah. you can start taking in water, and then you know worst case scenario would be you actually have the fiberglass start to separate as you're driving along. That's a serious issue. So. Yeah, for sure. What about the floor of the boat on the inside? That's the outside. That's sure. the transom. Um, what about the floor of the boat? Floor itself is not like a real structure part of the boat where it's holding the boat together in, in most boat designs. That being said, a floor is a very good indication of what's going on below the floor. Yeah. So, you know, you usually have foam down there. you got stringers, which are other pieces of wood, fiberglass into the into the structure of the boat, or a core. They go front to back. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Some yep. side so, to side. Boxing. So, if you have a soft floor, chances are those stringers are bad. Chances are, not always, but most of the time, that foam's usually soaked wet. So yeah. you, you're, you know, we, we see a lot of boats where if you have a soft floor, you start pulling that stuff up, and there's literally hundreds of pounds of wet material underneath that floor. It'll slow you down, and it, it'll make the boat handle differently depending on how, how much foam's in there. So it's it's a bad thing. It's it's not bad. Well, at that point, you, you know, you guys are sales, service, and speed, so you'd have to sort of say, that, hey, well, this is just a sales and service boat. We can't yeah, sure. say it's speed because it's yeah. got like 50 <laughs> extra pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slow as hell. Sorry, only sales and service for you, no speed. <laughs> You're not going to be all in any ass. No. no. <laughs> no. no. You'll be sinking ass in that. 
Swamp ass, yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Your boat's got swamp ass. <laughs> that structure of the boat, talk about seats and upholstery, Jen. This is right up your alley with the gator steps and fancy, schmutz, fancy stuffs. And you're always telling me, you know, check for rips in the seats because that's, that's an automatic $1,000. <laughs> oh, my God. Upholstery is so expensive to replace. It's crazy. So most upholstery has about a 10-year life to it. Yeah. So everything from, like, the little stitches in between can start coming apart to the upholstery itself, you know, can start tearing and doing all that once that happens you can get water inside and that foam can get wet more wet foam and moldy in your upholstery and Mm -hmm. then you really do have swamp ass because you're sitting on a wet seat yes (laughs) and it's expensive yeah so look look to see how well the seats and upholstery can take care of there's any fade or mold spots or anything like that is crappy upholstery and have has crappy upholstery been any indication that this is a neglected boat absolutely so uh, that usually means that somebody didn't cover the boat all the time yeah and when you're not covering the boat you're going to get sun fading you're going to get bad upholstery you can have some damage to the floors but if you've seen like i've seen some boats come through here where the upholstery has been ripped and torn all the gauges are now you know sun washed so yeah. you can't see anything and you start putting that all that together that's a lot of expense to get that to where it needs to be to actually be able to have a boat that you can go run and enjoy but have you ever, and that that's all valuable information, Has have you ever seen um, a correlation between that and the overall health of the boat, like, you know, the hull and the engine, like a neglected neglected interior, does that e- equate to like, oh my, well, I should probably worry about the engine too? Absolutely. Yeah. Someone doesn't take the time to cover their boat, they're not taking the time to do the basics on the boat a lot of times. Oh, so. Most, yeah. most canvases are actually waterproof. So the whole idea of a boat, you want it to sit in the water, you don't want, want water to be in the boat. Oh, you want the boat to sit in the water, you don't want water to sit in the boat? Correct, correct. Oh, I don't do not get wet on the inside. <laughs> oh. not get wet on the inside. So if it's getting wet on the inside, you've got all sorts of other issues. And to Jeff's point, that can get into your flooring and everything else. You might just flip the boat upside down. <laughs> you can with some. You can do with a tin boat, right? That's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, on a plus, I guess if they haven't, you know, covered it, it allows the chipmunks to get in and out a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Chip and Dale don't like being stuck in a boat. No. <laughs> yeah, God bless your wiring if that's the case. Um, all right, let's talk. Let's do, some, let's do some trailer talk. What are the things we want to look at on a trailer if I'm looking at a used boat? Okay, so you're going to start from the front and work back. So you, you would check out the coupler. You would check out the wiring harness in the front, hook it up to a battery or, or a truck trailer so you can see all the lights work. All the linky-blinky is very important, especially if you're Joe Officer, because that's a reason a lot of people get pulled over. So, right, don't ride dirty. Yeah, no, for sure. So from there, you know, start there, work back, assuming everything works, which a lot of times on an older trailer, it, it does not work. You know, we'll, we'll see a lot of trailers that move... A few hundred feet a year. So with someone's yard yeah. trailer, you yeah. know, it's around the back of the house. They pull the boat out, they put it in at their ramp, and then they put it back. You know, from there, check out the tires. Dry, dry rotted tires is extremely common, especially yeah. in the in the scenario that I just gave, because people don't really care. They're only moving it a couple of feet. So right, doesn't from, matter. Yeah, it's good. You know, so from there, you want to check the suspension, whether it's got a torsion axle, leaf springs, make sure nothing's broken, missing leaf springs, cracked, shifted, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then from there, the hubs. You actually want to, you know, jack up the trailer, put it up in the air, shake the tire a little bit. Should have a very minimal 
I'm out of play in the hub or else you're going to find out the hard way that they're gone and you'll probably end up losing a tire going down the road, which so we've a, seen as well. That's a, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love when my tire passes me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can tell you a story about that. So, sure. yes. bearings, uh, do you have a story? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's an old story of Jeff with a bunch of snowmobile buddies that their snowmobile trailer actually passed them at yes. one point. Your yes. trailer passed you? Yes. Oh, you guys are gifted. <laughs> I guess it was the slides. That was different story yeah for sure yeah they, they were really eager to get to the trail <laughs> you know pretty much oh well, that's wonderful cool. um but yeah so if your hub if if your tire is wiggling your bearings have play which sure. means your tire is going to wobble and it's going to heat up it's going to sure. grind away at your seals it's going to deplete your grease and your tire falls off that's exactly much. how it goes yeah yes. yep yep from there and then you also want to check out the frame of the trailer that's obviously very important look for cracks rust marks any of that kind of stuff snap bolts and then the support of the boat itself on a trailer could either be bunks or rollers yep so those are two things that you also want to check those are not necessarily super expensive parts of the trailer but it is something that you need to address before you go to the ramp because the last thing you want to do is pull your boat off and all of a sudden see your bunk floating away. Right. Okay? So because uh, had that happen. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not fun <laughs> because you have like a piece of metal sitting up there, and if you didn't see the bunk away, that piece of metal is going to stick right in the bottom of your boat. Hence the whole head. Hence the squirrel and the mouse. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. See, yes. it's all full circle. Yeah. <laughs> swamp ass. Yeah. The bad trailers beat the swamp ass. Yes. That's it. And your trailer jack, please have a good working trailer jack. Yes. It's yeah. so cheap. So that that's that's the. Uh, the thing with the handle that makes the trailer go up and down on the on the on the truck wall. Yes, yes. Yeah. Please yeah. and mount it on the driver's side for the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, you know that must be people who have like the luxury of passengers that jump out and say, "Ooh, ooh, I'll jack the trailer for you." Yes. Yeah. I don't know what world that happens. It's certainly not around here. <laughs> Can you tell I jack a lot of trailers? Yeah, <laughs> yes. jack a lot of stuff. Sure. So you know, we've talked about the boat. We've talked about that you know expensive hunk of metal that it's sitting on. Um, what about the expensive hunk of metal that pushes the boat through the water? The guy's called an engine. Mm, Jeff and I are looking at each other right yeah. now. Step one: any kind of motor, check the compression of it for sure. So that gives you a gauge as to the health of the internals of the motor. So you know that is if you have a bad cylinder you could have a bunch of carbon buildup on the head you could have a bad head if it's a four stroke and in a handful of other scenarios that is the place to start for sure right. so that's going to be a telltale on an okay your your engine has a has a healthy heart sure it's able to pump air and fuel through the engine yep all right cool so from there where do you go then from there, you would want to check the electrical of the, of the motor, look at the fuel system. What do you want to look for when you check electrical? I uh, mean, like, if it's older, uh, check the condition of the wires, make sure that, like, the engine harness hasn't been cut and spliced up. You splices. Don't wanna, yeah, splices. You, you yeah. don't want someone like, yeah, um, you know, cutting into wires and putting butt connectors on. and yeah, Electrical tape and butt connectors are bad. It's a bad thing, well, right? Well, I... Yeah. It just depends on what you're into, because in certain applications... Not in a motor. <laughs> not in a motor. <laughs> not in a motor. That's not the place you want to see uh -uh. it. So, so, you know, that would be it. And then start the motor, run it, listen to it, 
throw the boat in the water always if, if you can. Yeah. Um, you know, from right. there, hop into the fuel system. Once again, check over the condition of the fuel lines, this and that. Look at the fuel filters. If, if they've been changed, hopefully when they did, they put a date on them, and you can compare yeah. it to today's date and see if it was 12 years ago, it's time to change a fuel filter, <laughs> things like that. So, how, make how, sure it's pumping water. Yes. When you, yep, so run it. Make sure it's pumping water. Sure. Um, sure is it, it important to run it up to operating temperature? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Really? So if yeah. I'm going to buy a boat and I'm going to check the compression, I guess, you know, that's that's a 10, 15 minute procedure, but then I'm going to sure. take another 10 or 15 minutes to start it up and let it idle in someone's driveway to get it up to temperature. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because if you have like a, on an outboard, you have a poppet that's not functioning correctly, thermostats are not working, it, it will just run cold, which can uh, lead to a cold seas condition if you run it in really cold water and, and hammer on it too fast. Huh. Uh, it can also cause the engine to run rich because what the engine's trying to do is just put fuel into the motor to help it heat up. So right. it's just going to keep dumping gas in there and you'll end up with super black spark plugs and, and carbon conditions if it's a four-stroke like heads and valves. Interesting. Stuff, so, yeah. so yeah, it, that's very important then yeah, to run an engine up to temperature. Sure. In, in all my years of buying and selling boats, I've never... Never, never thought run about it. Right? As, as the, you know, shade yeah. tree, just recreational boat owner, you sure. know, I was like, oh, I'm not going to run this for 10 minutes in this guy's drive. There's no way he's going to let me do that, you know? Yeah. But, no. yeah, if your thermostat's not functioning, your motor's going to be cold, and there's a whole host of other problems, like, at the, as you listed. That could, wow, yeah. I think that's a, that's a gem of a takeaway right yeah, there, sure. honestly. Sure. Weigh the anchor, it's time for another Seven Lakes Marines Bench and Wrench Minute. There we go. We're here with Frank, one of the certified techs down at Seven Lakes Marines Service who had recently had a Hydrostream come in and they needed a compression test done. So what did you guys find? Yeah, uh, pulling the spark plugs out, it was actually fairly obvious right away that the cylinder number one spark plug was actually on a different angle from all the other five in the motor. Well, and they don't make cylinder heads that do that typically, do they? No, there's a right and a left, but usually the three on each side look the same. Yeah, so uh, what was that? What was the cause of that? I, I was able to thread it all the way out, fortunately, but the threads on the inside were Let's just say it made new threads on a different angle from the original ones. So it was cross-thread. It's your typical cross-thread situation. Someone put it in, they thought it was catching, it went in a little harder than they were used to, but they... I ah, figured it's a new plug, it's just biting. Yeah, <laughs> it's just biting. And it, it, it bit new threads into the cylinder head, pretty much. And yeah. unfortunately, be, because of those new threads, we couldn't get our uh, compression gauge to actually thread in accurately to get a reading. So had to replace the entire head, unfortunately. What about a helicoil in a situation like this? This is a very popular shade tree fix. If you had an, a, a really NLA motor, which is like a no longer available motor, yeah. something that you can't get parts for, yeah. like on a pinch, you could do a helicoil, but this was a Pro XS Mercury race engine, so it's not something you want to be really messing with the factory components. So when you're dealing with a high performance like that, you want to try to keep the spec as much as possible. High performance especially, and really any time you can get a, a replacement part, you should it, you really should replace the piece. And uh, fortunately, this was easily accessible. It was a quick job. But what would you suggest boat owners do if they're replacing their plugs in the future to uh, kind of prevent a situation like this? <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're ever changing your spark plugs, you know, 
first thing you should always check the gap based off the manufacturer make sure that's all set first put yep. some never sees on your threads yep and then if you can get your hand right onto the opening there you really want to thread that all the way down by hand first yeah. before you torque it down so you want to make sure you're getting not just initial bite but you want to get at least halfway if not all the way you in want to make sure it. those threads are lined up right and it should thread almost all the way down by hand with no resistance and if you do it yeah so if you're doing it by hand then it's a pretty safe bet you're, you're good to go yeah, sometimes yeah. you can't get your hand down there if it's like a pencil coil. But you yeah. could you could always put a spark plug on an extension and just do it by hand without the ratchet. And, or or a piece of rubber hose. I've seen people use a piece of rubber hose on, Anything. on they, the ceramic. They sell great tools as well when it's a little handle that'll extend your fingers out. Yeah, yeah. And we have something um, in the shop too that's like a slinky almost. It goes in all... refer to it as the slinky dinky. Yeah, because <laughs> you can actually turn it and make it an S shape out of it. Is there an actual, what's the actual name for a tool like that? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah. there is one out there. Yeah, awesome. Well, in a pinch, a little rubber hose could, could do the trick, but you definitely want to make sure you don't cross-thread your spark plug. So. And be really careful with aluminum head stuff. Like most outboards is going to have an aluminum block and aluminum head. It's yeah. going to be really easy to cross-thread cross -thread that Cross-thread those. All right, awesome. Hey, Frank, thanks for coming in and sharing the story from the Bench and Wrench Minute. Thanks for having me, Steve. Holland Ass with Fiberglass is sponsored by Seven Lakes Marine in Sanbornville, New Hampshire. Visit www.7lakesmarine.com for your dose of sales, service, and speed. Heisty Boat Lady here. Ever see those fancy shallow water anchors on the back of big bass boats but feel like you can never afford it or find something different that fits your boat? Seven Lakes Marine has a solution. At around $400, depending on configuration, King Pin Shallow Water Anchors offers convenient anchoring systems. It's a quick way to hold your boat in position in shallow water without noisy anchors and a pile of rope. King Pin is ideal for precision bait presentations, especially in windy or high current conditions. With no power, switches, or wires, this system is perfect alternative to power actuated pole anchors. Available in bow, transom, and engine mount with a wide range of anchor pull selections. Come talk to us at Seven Lakes Marine in Sanbornville, New Hampshire to see how we can mount one up for you. Going down the motor, um, getting to the lower unit, giggle, giggle. What, what am I looking for? Going down on the motor? Going down the on the motor to the, check out the lower unit. Yes, Jen's shaking her head. <laughs> what, what are we looking for down there? <laughs> all right, so first thing to look at is any kind of corrosion, all right? Uh, if it's an I.O., you actually want to look at the bellows, which is a series of rubber boots that, that go in and out of the boat. Yeah. Through the boat yeah. to the lower unit. Um, check the anode, see if they look like fairly good condition. You should take that prop off, make sure it's not seized on. What's a good-looking anode look like? Uh, it looks like metal. New. Yeah. Okay, it looks it, like it metal. It looks like exposed yeah. metal. If it's yeah. bad, it's going to be all crusty, crusty yep. deteriorated, you know, have some kind of film on it almost. A lot it, of it'll look like it came out of salt water, even if it's fresh From water. Fresh water, yeah. Sure. All pocked up. Look, yes. Yeah, gross, you know. Um, and, and, and to that note, if you have a bad, uh, really bad anode, and you, they've been bad for a long time, you're going to start to see pock marks and craters and chipped paint yes. on yes. the lower. And sure that's, that's a bad, that's a really bad sign because now you've got that electro electrolysis uh, yeah, yeah i forget what it's called electro something electrolytic collusion 
Sure. Uh, corrosion? That's way too big of a word. Oh, why? <laughs> why? I pulled that out of my bunghole, huh? It's got corrosion. There's a chipmunks yeah. out with that one. <laughs> Electrolytic corrosion. I don't yeah. know if that's a word, yeah, but it, it is. Sounds now. good. It is. I love it. Sounds really love good. It. Nice. And then um, also on the lower, check out the case itself. Look for you know holes or chunks missing out of it, like the sign that, that yeah. you know someone has hit a rock. Take the prop, spin it, see if you can see that the prop shaft looks bent. And, and, and I'm look, what I'm looking at is to make sure that it's just spinning. It's spinning in a correct. complete circle, not an oval. Correct, correct. And, and even actually, a subtle oval is not good, right? It's not good. Yeah. It, it'll wear out those seals and it'll hurt you real bad. The correct way to do it is to actually put a feeler gauge on it and, yep. and see because there's a tolerance like there is with just about anything. Run out. Mechanical. That's Gotta it. check your run out. Check your run out. Well, so, and yeah. something to look if you've got a freshly painted lower unit. Yep. What is what is that person hiding from you? It right. may be nothing, but it, they could certainly be hiding some corrosion and other stuff. Sure. To Corrosive. your point, I think there are people out there, good intention, good-hearted people who are just hobbyists that find an old boat and they want to breathe life back into it because they sure. have passion about what, what, you know, their childhood and boating in general. There's, and they're trying to make a little money at it, so they'll take an old boat, give it new life, and make a make five six hundred bucks off it. But they don't realize that they're putting lipstick on a pig. Oh yeah, they're hiding and they're masking it, issues that could be bigger problems two three years down. Not necessarily the season, but two sure. three four years down the line. Oh yeah, you know you find out you have a bad transom. Well, you probably bought the boat that way. Yeah, and it's just got worse over yeah. time. You know. Absolutely. Um, right, so we didn't we didn't touch on it was the gear oil, so that would be the next thing would be to check the gear oil you know pull out one of the drain screws the bottom one and, and which will have a magnet on it so mm -hmm. you will also you will always get small pieces of metal on it yeah it, it should not have chunks right. stuck to it okay no, so no chunks that's a bad thing check the gear oil it should be have like a dark color to it if it comes out looking like a milkshake there's water in there that's a bad thing does your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard <laughs> i wish <laughs> oh, no. i don't know where to go with this <laughs> no milkshakes in the lower no way so i'm no. looking for a good like a dark green or a honey color they have a couple different Different shades depend on the manufacturer so it's it's hard to say an actual color but it should have a dark fresh looking oil not black you know once again you shouldn't have metal run through it or anything so like that. no no butt connectors <laughs> and no shades of gray no zero okay no. all right those two worlds do not blend in uh, in in boating mm -mm. this sounds like a novel it does it, it, it could be this could be the start of one <laughs> and we're 21 minutes in so um speaking of getting fresh Fresh versus salt water. Is salt water automatically evil? In a way, yes, it is. Uh, it, it, is it has a lot of corrosion factors associated with salt, okay? That being said, there's a lot of good salt water boats out there. As long as they've been maintained correctly, stored in a rack, pulled out of the water. Um, and if someone keeps up with the maintenance, there's some very good candidates for used boats out there. That being said, it's very concerning to the average Joe that hasn't maintained it. Yeah. You end up with a salty, crusty mess, basically. And how do you determine the salty or separate the salty, crusty messes from a well-maintained ocean boat? So the easiest place to check is if it's an outboard, pull off the engine cover, I.O. or inboard, pull up the engine compartment. 
you will see just like a white film and all the bolts look rusty and it just looks disgusting. Like it's something yeah. that's probably 40 or 50 years old instead of being 10 to 20 years old. Yeah. That's the easiest way to tell. And, you know, salt water, is it something you should walk away from automatically? No, but you have to do your homework more for sure. Salt is just naturally harder on boats than, than any freshwater boat. You know, it, you'll... Um, you know, the smaller lakes and stuff around here, you can cruise around and see engines that are 30, 40 years old. You yeah. won't see that in the ocean. That stuff that goes right in the trash. It goes right to the bottom. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. I mean, it's, just, it's gone, <laughs> right? So, yeah, totally. Honestly, any good any good boater that really maintains their boat is going to keep service records, too. So anytime you have a chance to ask a potential seller or a, a seller for their service records, yeah, saltwater or freshwater, that's going to be able to answer a lot of questions you have. Yeah, and at the very least, tell you what they did every year, and you know, have have a, have have a, a recollection of their maintenance routine and schedule, and the and, and the boat and the engine should should reflect that level of attention. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they should be able to show you. You should be able to walk around. They can show you. You know, everything's been changing and kept up with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's you know, salt versus fresh goes hand in hand. I mean, water and uh, wiring does not go well anyway, but no. the condition of the wiring is is also a, a, a good indication, I would imagine. Of oh yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Don't okay. use household wires in boats. I think that's the most important thing. The worst thing you can do is, hey, I'm an electrician and I wired my boat, and we all go no. Yeah. Find electrical <laughs> tape and wire nuts under the dash. You get a wave, and all of a sudden the lights turn off. I mean, it's just not it's not how it works. Well, maybe so. it's a, maybe they put. Yeah, the difference with boats with a, versus household stuff is it's actually marine grade. So whether it's electrical stuff or, you know, light bulbs or anything used in, in a boat, it really should be marine grade stuff. So what, what if I use the, uh, like, outdoor landscaping or underground, you know, wire that's rated for burying underground? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Use for me, Grand please. It's not worth saving money. Really Heat shrink connectors on everything. You're it's just trying to sell me your wire. <laughs> I'm going to use speaker wire because that's what I have in the basement. Yeah, really. No, no I've, I've done that and I'm just going to vouch for the whole boating community and say, don't do it. Yeah. Every, every, I, had a, I had an ocean boat and I, did, I redid all the wiring and I did it right, but you know, apparently, uh, ocean water every year when I started that boat up I nothing would be working it's like where's my light where's my phone charger Where, where's where's the most important thing the colored LEDs in the stabbing cabin yeah. and I, I'd have to go in and find the wooden panel behind which was all the wire and whack it and then everything worked it was a loose connection somewhere was, you know the ocean water wires not good so you don't need the added headache essentially is what you're saying by you know the, the household electric well the dimming switch on the dash you know so no. ceiling fan rated you know. and if you pop under the dashboard of that boat and you see all the snips and stuff it looks like edward scissors hands was under there before you it's not a good electric walk away you know and, and like electrical connectors they'll if they're exposed to the elements in water and salt they'll they'll start to turn this like green color yeah once again oh the corrosion yes yeah that, that, yeah that's awful and you will chase electrical connections forever as soon as we right. see something like that in the boat we say done pull all that wiring out it needs to all be replaced yeah you know, it's, you just 
headache city. We'll fix their bilge pump and then their lights won't work a, right. you know, like a week later or something. So it's just, it's not working. I do like the idea of the dimmer switch on the nav lights because <laughs> yeah. as it gets darker, you just turn the dimmer switch. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> it's not a ceiling phone right Steve, now. It's <laughs> They're very important for people to see you out there. <laughs> oh, God, they don't Good. see me anyway. So, uh, you know, and we covered water testing the boat and, and starting. So if I can't water test the boat, you know, if I'm buying this guy's boat uh, or this gal's boat and they're like 90 miles inland and that used to be on a lake and they're just trying to sell it for their friend (laughs) (laughs) and i can't water test it at the very least what would you recommend i mean that's not a walk away if i can't no no i mean right but you you know there's always some kind of risk that you put it in the water and it you know won't make full power it's got some kind of vibration Mm -hmm. drive line that you can't feel this and that but no if you go through and it looks like a well-maintained boat and you do your homework and, and check all the vitals of it, sure. I mean, yeah. buy it, you know? So yeah, I mean, if the compression's good and the prop's sure. not spinning, tr- prop's spinning true, gear sure. oil looks good. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot to cover. There's a lot of good stuff to look for and a lot of reasons why you should be looking for it. Did we miss anything? Or is there anything else you'd recommend? I think we covered the basics, no? Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing that I would always recommend is mm-hmm. when you buy a boat, Notice the name brand of the motor that you buy and do a little research and make sure there's a dealer close to you. Yeah. So uh, brands that, so Mercury is a really big brand. We love Mercury, but there's Mercury dealerships everywhere. If I was to go buy a Suzuki today, Suzuki makes a a decent motor. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to find a Suzuki dealer. Yeah. So, and just something to remember because, you know, you don't drop your Honda off at the Mercedes-Benz dealer, right? Well, no, not without paying a whole lot more because they're <laughs> sending it to a Honda dealer. <laughs> that's exactly what you're gonna, what's going to happen in the boat world, too. So each dealership is set up with the proper tools and computer programs, um, resources, all that good stuff for their engine brand. Yeah. If you buy an off-brand and bring it to a dealership, they're going to have to do all that research, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. So do your homework. And that's not to say that Merc, anything other than a Merc is an off-brand. That's just to say exactly what you're saying is make sure you have the resources to take care of what you get. I had a, I bought a Suzuki engine, and my dealer was five miles away, and he sold sure. brand-new Suzukis and service them forever. Yep. So, you know, if you have the resources nearby to handle what you're getting, great. But there's a lot of engines. There's been a lot of turnover in the marine world. You know, where's Johnson? Where's Evandrude? No longer. Gone. You know, they were absorbed by a time for a time by uh, BRP, sure. the Bombardier snowmobile <laughs> manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, they discontinued those when? Yeah. A couple of years ago. About four years ago. Yes. Yeah, so now they have those beautiful engines that they were showcasing. Sure. Like, show pieces year a few years ago, and now they're obsolete. It's gone. Absolutely. So where are you going to get parts? And if you're buying a boat that has an old, even an old Merc on it, or, you know, old old Merc Mariner on it, there's no guarantee that says you're going to be able to find parts for that, no. that series of motor. Correct. There's a lot of boat shops that won't touch anything over 15 years old because it just becomes a headache for them and they have to chase parts and pieces and stuff. So that's not just snobbery or they want you to buy a brand new engine because no. I, I don't hear of Seven Lakes Marine doing that. I no. I've never hear of you guys doing that. We but. just ser- we just tried to service a 2002 Mercury 25 horsepower, right? Sounds like a pretty common engine. Sure. I couldn't get parts for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude. So mm-hmm. things things like that happen. So again, do your research and and your local dealership 
get a great relationship with them, make friends with them, and yeah. have a resource. Bring them a wet Italian. Bring yeah. them a wet Italian <laughs> and a 30 pack of beer, yeah. and they're going to be your best friends. <laughs> Only after hours, Lou. Yeah. Only after hours. That's right. Only that's right. Five. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. No, all good points. So, um, is that all you'd like to add? Oh, my one last one. So, it's always last. Got three last. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're out buying a little tin boat, right? Every, who didn't have a little tin boat growing up? Mine was fiberglass, so Fiber, I'm gonna keep well, my hand well, down. All right, maybe. So <laughs> the best way to check for leaks is actually to fill the boat with water from the inside, and then you can see if it's leaking on the outside. Because the rivets do go after. after but in time. the beginning of this pod, podcast episode, you said you don't want water in. The I boat. didn't say the fiberglass boats. I said the tin boats, the aluminum boats. Put the water in there and, and make and sure you drain it out. Why are you recommending that? So you don't have any. You can actually see if there's any leaks in the rivets. In the rivets, yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I'm poking fun as I'm want to do but i did i bought a g3 at one point and i was having water was getting in the boat and then it would stop and then it would come back and then it would stop and um actually one of the things i pieces of advice that i saw was get a garden hose yank the boat and fill it with water in the yeah. driveway you'll find the leak real quick you yeah. sure will so that's Absolutely. excellent advice so yeah i yeah. i have to tell this story really quick so jeff and i were sitting next to each other during covid time and we got a phone call one day and there was this gentleman on the other end of the line that said i can't find a boat but i found this one you it's mean a- i can't find a boat but i found this one <laughs> <laughs> it was it's a chris craft so it's got to be a good boat i said yeah, yeah yeah what are some of the things i can look for so you know we kind of went through that list that we just gave you and he said yeah yeah yeah, i've done all that it works great there's a slow leak in the boat though i said don't buy it well why wouldn't i buy it it's a chris craft i should be able to be be repaired i can't guarantee you that and it could be a whole lot of money sure but he was gonna buy the boat because it was a chris craft and it only had a slow leak well maybe i can sell him that rolls royce with the blown engine (laughs) yeah there you go <laughs> to Jeff's point at the very beginning, if it's a, if it sounds like it's too good to be true, it most likely is. Most yeah. likely is, and yeah. and if yeah, and if it is, Seven Lakes Marine can fix it. Most likely. Most likely. You can fix just about anything. Unless it's a 2002 Mercury 25 horsepower two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can fix it if we had parts. Uh, unless you bring us a wet Italian and a thirty pack. <laughs> I don't know. what sub will do. <laughs> Throw it against the wall, see what happens. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, cool. Do you have a third thing to add? No, that'll no, be no more I'll last be things. I'll be quiet. The next yeah. to last things. She'll chime in later. Last, the yeah. last things. Yes, there'll be a third and fourth podcast to follow up for all the things we forgot. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for joining us on Hauling Ass with Fiberglass. Thanks. We'll uh, see you next Tuesday at 4:20. There you go. Thank you.